Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Not About Chris podcast slash blurb slash mashup of things that I want to discuss. Today we're recording episode 34 and obviously I will be recording a segment on the major headliner, which is the Russia versus Ukraine conflict. Now, before I get into my into the sharing of my opinion, which I love to do on this on this podcast, um, I have to take a quick moment to just uh, say that I empathize with the Ukrainian people, especially the innocent ones. Like I empathize with the people that have to become refugees. I empathize with the men that have to stay behind and protect their countries and the women that have to take their kids and leave to find some kind of safety, safe haven. So I empathize with those people. It sucks. And it's the people that pay the ultimate price. It's the people that pay the big price of other people who have taken the wrong decisions and were supposed to represent them. So, so yeah, I empathize with that, with, with the people. However, I do not necessarily empathize with the political situation of Ukraine. Okay, And this is where I'm going to start trying to explain my point of view and the point of view of, of a lot of people who do a little bit of research. Um, if we look back in time, if we take a big step back, we understand that throughout history, Ukraine has been a conflicted place. Okay, And I'm just talking about like, uh, when the when Russia used to be the USSR, the Soviet Union, and Ukraine used to be part of Russia before claiming independence, um, like it was a whole like Russia used to be a huge territory in 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 Europe, right? And after the war, they kind of got broken down with independence by many many Eastern European countries, among them Ukraine. Now Ukraine is one of the countries that share a huge border with Russia, okay? It's like Russia's little sister, if you want. And despite taking independence, and despite Ukrainians being extremely happy of this independence, uh, there was still a pro-Russian sentiment within the country, okay? By, by let's say, a select few, by some Ukrainians, okay? That were like, mm, we kind of want to stay with the big guys. I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing for wanting independence, like... We're pro-Russian. So already already there, there is you can see that there is an inherent conflict. And obviously the pro-Russian sentiment or the people that share the sentiment are backed up by Russia. And obviously the, the, the rest, the pro-Ukrainian independent people are going to be against them and vice versa. You know, there is not necessarily a good and bad person yet in at this stage of the game you know there's an inherent conflict it sucks and it has killed people in the past now if we fast forward a little bit or not really but if we just look take a, a different perspective or a different approach we can look at the western democracies us canada france uk all the developed democracies if you want who after the war got together and created this kind of alliance called NATO, okay? And what the purpose of this alliance is to basically protect the members the members of NATO uh, from imminent threat or imminent attack in the future uh, by by powers like Russia or China, you know what I'm saying? By powers that do not share necessarily 
their opinion. So NATO was created for this purpose. And a, <laughs> NATO is kind of branded as a, as a defense mechanism. Okay. However, in the last many, many years, I want to say decade, but it's even more than that. NATO has slowly but surely uh, adopted not really a defensive strategy, but more of an aggressive strategy. It might not look aggressive, but it is implicitly aggressive. And the reason why I say this is because throughout the many, many years, like I said, NATO has been um, in including countries that are in their in their alliance that are closer to the borders of the of Russia or in other words they are they are including countries that have been historically in the USSR in the Soviet Union okay and which which essentially expands the NATO uh, territory and shrinks the old Russian territory okay so they're they're kind of like pushing the the borders back into Russia so this brings us to talk about Ukraine. Now, Ukraine uh, wanted to join NATO and the Western democracies wanted to, Ukraine to join NATO because it is an extremely strategic piece of land. Like I said, it shares a huge border with Russia and it's, I believe, the closest European country to Moscow. Moscow. Moscow? I don't even know how to say. So... So it is in NATO's best interest to have Ukraine in their in the in NATO as part of their alliance as a member because what what being a member of NATO allows NATO to do is basically use the territory of the member for military relocation and and setup if you want. For example, if Ukraine were to join NATO, NATO could then place missiles on Ukraine's land and be extremely close to Moscow and, and Russia's heart. And Russia is absolutely against this because it's a threat to, to them and to their shrinking empire or historical empire, I should say. Okay, And this is the point of view that I think is important to understand. And that is what Putin is trying to, to, to explain. You know, I'm not defending Putin. I'm not saying what he's doing is right, but you have to understand where he's coming from and what is happening. Because everybody is really easily like sold that Putin is the bad guy and Russia is the enemy. And that's what mainstream media does. And they are really good at doing that. And they're catching a lot of idiots and ignorant people in that regard. You know, everybody's now on the train that Putin and Russia is the enemy. But they fail to see that the real enemy is actually, could be NATO, you know, pushing, pushing, pushing Russia against the wall. Like, what do you expect from them? Do you expect them to just sit and wait until, like, Russia doesn't exist anymore? Like, if you were the president of Russia, definitely you would not allow this to happen. You have to do something. And and let's we're going to talk about that something. But there was negotiations, negotiations before, you know, there, there was an attempt to de-escalate all of that is going on right now. However, it failed miserably, but not because, not because Putin just wants to have fun killing people, but also because NATO's leaders, the Western democracies leaders did not want to budge, you know, 
they kept pushing the narrative of, you know, Ukraine is independent. They should have the right to join us if they want. And we should be allowed to put missiles anywhere we want if the country is a member of, of our alliance. But I invite everybody to like switch gears a little bit, okay? Imagine you're the president of the United States of America. You're Joe Biden, okay? And I want you to imagine that Russia makes an agreement with Cuba, Cuba, which has happened in the past, actually. And they decide to put nuclear missiles on in Cuba, very close to the United States, okay? Just imagine that. And, and you'd know how close Cuba is to the fucking, to the United States. Like, if you go on Cuba's beach and you extend your arm, you could probably touch Florida. That's how close it is. So imagine the amount of threat you would feel as the president of the United States if Russia did that. It would be crazy, huh? And I'm pretty sure you'd be really, really, really encouraged to freaking invade Cuba and do anything possible to avoid this threat. Like, I would probably send everything all my army to fucking Cuba to, 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 to calm things down, you know, or to de- make sure there's no fucking missiles that are aiming at my people. So this is kind of what's happening in, in Ukraine, you know? It would be almost hypocrisy not to draw this para- parallel. And that's why I believe Russia is, is doing what it's doing right now, you know? I don't think they're having fun. Nobody's having fun in war. But... But the, I, I believe Russia's back is against the wall. And if you look at the expansion of NATO throughout the years, you could see that indeed it's crazy expansion. Like they're really pushing into Russian old territory. And I understand why the Russians or Putin would be concerned. Because when do they stop? You know, they had to put their foot down. And unfortunately, like I said, the people are paying the big price for that. Now, just to talk a little bit more about Ukraine. Um, you know, again, we sympathize, we empathize or sympathize with the people of Ukraine, but we need to remember as well that Ukraine is no angel. Ukraine is also, uh, like known as one of the most corrupt Eastern European country in the world. And if you look at the corruption index, if you find it, Ukraine is pretty much on top of that list. It's extremely corrupt and it is known that Ukraine is like a money laundering haven for the Western democracies, for US, for UK, for France, for Canada. It's just a money laundering hub. So you have to keep that in mind uh, when immediately picking up a, a, a position, you know. Also, um, and that I cannot be quoted for this the, the following information, but it is said that, because I haven't confirmed this information, it is said that uh, in Ukraine there are facilities, American facilities for the development of of like weapon, of weapons, you know, biological and non biological weapons. So, if this is factual, and I'm not sure if it is, but if it is factual, and I'm a Russian uh, authority, Putin, for example, and I know this to be true, uh, damn you, damn right, believe I'm gonna feel threatened and I'm gonna do something about it. So so that's pretty much the big picture I wanted to share or my opinion. Again, I don't I don't want to I don't want anyone to think that I'm pro what's happening and I want people to to get killed. Absolutely not. Um I really hope this conflict ends as soon as possible with the least amount of casualties, but I need everybody 
everybody to take a step back and ask all the questions because if you just look at mainstream media, obviously you're going to be like Putin is a is a monster and yada yada yada. Because that's their goal. That's what they want you to think. They want you to support their cause, which is stir some shit in 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 the east in Eastern Europe and in and notably in Russia. You know, you have to take a step back. You look at your own leader in the Western democracies, the the developed countries. And look at, at your own, you know, and, and ju- start by judging them before judging others. Because they, if you dig deep, they are the, they could be the real enemy kind of thing. Like, they stare shit. We've seen it in Afghanistan. We've seen it in Libya. We've seen it all over the world, you know? Americans, man, when they, when they play with other countries, these countries always eat shit. And it's always at the benefit of the Americans. And right now, that's what's happening in Ukraine, I'm pretty sure. And you're going to tell me, oh, no, Chris, you're not right. There's sanctions. They're putting sanctions. Man, don't buy this bullshit. I mean, yes, there are sanctions and good like good for them. But they're putting sanctions with the left hand. And on the right hand, they're buying all kinds of oil from the Russians. So like, just be careful what you believe. Take everything with a grain of salt. And again, look at your own leaders before looking at others. And last thing I wanted to say about this conflict is basically just a little comment on how the world is is reacting to it. And it disgusts me, uh, especially when we talk about like the sports world. Everybody now is like anti-Russia, obviously, because they're jumping on the mainstream media. And they're basically telling all Russian athletes that they're not allowed to participate or or they, they're fired or, you know, like in motorsports, I can tell you like one F1 driver who is Russian is not allowed to drive anymore, which, okay, whatever, but like tennis players that are Russian can't participate in, in championships. Um, like I know hockey hasn't done anything drastic, but so many Russian hockey players in the NHL, you know what I'm saying? And I see in fucking Mike in Quebec, my, the province where I live, they're removing vodka, Russian vodka from the alcohol store. Like, come on, are you fucking kidding me? You think that's going to do it? Like, obviously, all these stupid measures or sanctions are, are just there to, to gain public opinion or to win points with the public opinion. They have absolutely almost immaterial impacts on actual, on Russia, you know? So. That's it. That's all. I mean, that was my opinion. One more time, I'm going to encourage everyone to do their research, look at their own leaders before judging others, and and just like use your brain more than your heart. I know it's hard in these times. We're all emotional. We're all stressed from what has been happening for the past two years. You know, a pandemic, and now we have a war. So everybody's like on the brink of craziness but still try try to find the strength and the will to do some digging for yourself and to think critically it is okay to empathize it is okay to feel and it is okay to like to be sad obviously for for the people who are suffering but look at the bigger picture as as well understand why it's going on and before like pointing fingers that is all i'm going to say i hope you have a great day i hope you have a great week maybe a great month and i'll catch you on the next one as usual peace